0: I said, burr, it's cold in here. Yeah, all right. There must be some ice up in the atmosphere. What?
1: Burr. burr. <laughs> oh, we, no. oh, Ice, ice, ice. Slow it down. Oh, oh, we, we-, oh, we- oh. Ice, ice, ice. ice. Oh, it is cold outside. It's so fucking cold. I hate
0: it. Fuck ice. Fuck icicles. Okay. Fuck guys, cues. Well,
1: you could fuck yourself with an icicle.
0: Alright, welcome to QVT. I'm Maddie <laughs> Germs. And I'm Shawnee. And we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, whatever the hell else we want. And today we're talking cognitive distortions. Distort your mind, baby. Mm. Let's fuck it up. Mm-hmm.
1: Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit
0: (laughs) okay hi good to see you i'm glad we survived the weekend yeah it's been a mess i've been without power many days this week i feel lucky Okay.
1: I, I lost power at like night when I was asleep and then it okay. was back on by the time I woke up. But
0: I'd go to bed with power and then wake up with none.
1: Oh, no, that's not useful. <laughs> really or not helpful for anybody. Nope,
0: and that also means my my like devices weren't charged over the evening oh, and things no. like that. So, um it's going
1: to be a miracle if this episode comes out on time. That's true. That's a miracle true. We're granted we're, us by. It is Tuesday. You might not be listening to
0: us tomorrow morning. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, thankfully we have houses and our places were able to stay heated and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. it has been
1: annoying. It it's has been, been very really annoying. annoying. I haven't been able to get in my car and go anywhere. Can't not go scoot, scooting around. Yeah, you know. Little Jetta just ice skating around town. It's not doing it. Not doing it. And I don't know how to put on tire chains. I've done it once. I'm afraid of just like messing up my nails. My nail bed. That's a thing. I know about that.
0: Yeah. Um. So sub slut. Um. How did you experience or um, show love this week? I didn't. Okay.
1: I showed hate. Um. Uh, <laughs> no. No. That's no. extra. <laughs> that was extra. <laughs> um. I don't know. What did I do? I um. Huh. I don't know. I don't think that I did. Okay. I truly don't think that I did. You
0: just give out homework
1: and don't. Do it yourself. Sometimes, okay, that's fine. I'm. Not, did you did you show love to yourself? I'm not being counseled here. I'm the counselor. Okay. okay. I mean, debatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you
0: show love to yourself
1: at all? I did. I showed love to myself on Sunday, which was Valentine's Day. By uh, really, just I feel like I didn't judge myself for being left alone on Sunday, Work. which normally I do. Like, when I'm like unresponsive to texts, or like, I really just need to like recharge, stay and not sure. deal with people. And I feel like I did that for the most part. On you something. just let it happen. Yeah. That's good. It's just self love for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like dangerous to get around places. And like, honestly, contacting folks just kind of in fe- some ways felt like. Yeah. Uh, I'm just reminding myself that I'm, like, landlocked and stuck in my house at this moment. Which is, like, already happening with COVID. It was really happening with this specificity of this Portland storm and their inability to have any sort of infrastructure that, you know, helps them get through these things
1: faster. Portland does not know how to deal with any of this. No, it really doesn't. Um, how did you experience or show love this week? Um. So... A plus student. Uh, okay. Uh.
0: <laughs> I... Told some friends I loved them, which was important to me. Okay. Um, and then on Valentine's Day, I feel like my partner and I aren't like the most Valentine's Day type of people, mm-hmm. but um, I went to the store. I was able to go to the store and get like some charcuterie board materials. I did. I made a baked brie, which oh. is like my favorite, like fucking simple ass yeah. snack at like Christmas time. How do you make houses. it with your recipe? I mean you just get some fucking puff pastry and wrap a brie in it. It's like not go. hard. <laughs> but um I just had never done that myself. <laughs> um and so, you know, it was a cute it was a cute little way to be like um you know, here's like a wooden platter and like a yeah. spicy jam. You know what <laughs> I mean? Spicy jam.
1: A spicy jam with a habanero chili pepper.
0: Um yeah, it was like a chili fig. It was awesome. Anyway, um I hope you all offered some love or experienced some love this past week after our, our last episode um before we moved into and what about it i read this this week it came from bitch magazine it was also based off of um this blog romantic love is killing us um i think that person's name is caleb luna who wrote that but um this bitch magazine article it talks about the care economy so how the danger of depending on romantic love for care is actually harmful to us as communities i'm just going to read these couple quotes so it's essentially saying that People whose lives, by choice or by circumstance, fall outside of those parameters simply don't enjoy the default expectation of care. The COVID pandemic has laid bare the ways American society presumes that most of us must depend on a singular romantic relationship as the source of all the caretaking in our lives. Romantic love is a resolution, narratively, it's a happy ending, an assumption of mutual care, and perpetually um perpetuity oops but this past year has forced a lot more of us to consider the limitations of that narrative essentially an, this article is just naming like when you have single people when you have an entire economy of single people um the assumption that they can take care of themselves or that the government will pick up the slack just isn't true you know i, I think mm-hmm. we've joked a lot about how it's like a lot cheaper to be single sometimes or i mean to be in a relationship sometimes because mm-hmm. of like the ways that you're offering care to each other. The the author also kind of posits how this is um, part oh. of disability justice too, because a lot of folks um, can't get married or they'll get cut off from disability um, benefits. Um, I just really wanted to follow up from last week's because I think that we were talking about love and these notions of community love, and then Valentine's Day can make people feel fucking weird. Yeah. But I just want to name that, like, some of the reasons that we feel bad are <laughs> because of the way... That we currently have sit- things set up that being a single person is putting you at an automatic fault when trying to engage in the world. Um, these two essays will be linked. They're really, really, really solid reads about like the importance of coming together um, and taking care of those around us, despite not being married, et cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, and what about it? What do you want to talk about with this impeachment trial? I
1: don't want to talk about it at all because it's stupid. Okay.
0: But it happened. I mean, you put it on this list.
1: Well, yeah, cause it's <laughs> because it's a politics. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a impeachment trial. Uh, Trump was acquitted. We got like 57 to 43. So 10 votes less than we needed of the 67. See, you uh, know, so
1: much more. I just know that it was a bust. Yeah. That's what they call it.
0: <laughs> it was a buzz. Nancy Pelosi <laughs> got off in there and she's like, hippie hip, papa. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Pelosi would. <laughs> yeah,
0: she would. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to get that. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I guess... Uh, The other thing was right before this happened, too, they were like, all right, let's have a vote to make sure that we can get witnesses so that even if we have this acquittal, Mm -hmm. there will at least be this long process of like people being held accountable within this administration. And then they got the votes to do it. And Democrats were like, actually, never mind. It's fine. That seems like a lot of extra work. So um, (laughs) all I'm saying is that we've had some month and some change and Democrats just keep Fumbling the ball, like I just like really, I don't understand. I don't get this it. level of um fuckery. I need a check soon, at least. Like, the, where
1: are the check? What check are we on? I still can somebody let us know.
0: If uh, this thing comes, it will be the third installment. So okay. the first one was what? uh I don't even <gasps> know how much that was. Eight hundred dollars. What was that first check? Twelve hundred. It was twelve hundred. It was twelve hundred, and then the second one was six hundred. Six hundred. And then yeah, now we like, have this debated fourteen hundred, two thousand, who knows kind yeah. of scenario. Um, what I do know is they're late. <laughs> that that check has been due. Okay, <laughs> that check has been the due. The rent got to get there on the time. Oh, <laughs> some fucking it. person wrote out that like this this new installment would allow you to pay your bills through the July, and I'm like, where can I live that fourteen hundred dollars can get through whose, whose bills? Who's <laughs> not mine? <laughs> not, not not fucking mine. Uh, um. Yeah, blue agrees. These Trump politics are um fucking stupid. You know, I mean, hopefully he'll just die.
1: We've been hoping for that for a while. Just, fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm like that little hoping. girl in
0: Forrest Gump, like,
1: make me a butterfly, far, far away.
0: But I'm just like, make oh. Trump fall down, die, 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 die. die
1: <laughs> and go away, <laughs> go away.
0: Yeah, exactly. What you've been listening to?
1: Um. I mean, not a lot of stuff. I feel like I've been listening to, like, that Pollen playlist on Spotify. Okay. Um, it's just, like, a good thing to have one in the background. I only know it about it because you've told me about it.
0: Oh. I mean, I think I know what it is, but, I like, I've I'm, I'm definitely never clicked on it. Okay, Like I got
1: allergies, honey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. do. Um, uh,
1: I've been listening to this song. It's called Delilah. I don't know who these people are. Hey it's there, quiet child it's like and good fella and levity and tanache. A lot of those words don't mean anything to a lot of people. Tanache is the only word that stood out to me. and okay. I like it. It's a good song. That's it's, pretty It's much a it. song that didn't have Tanache on it before, or it did, and then it was remixed. Do we Great know? Great question. We don't know. I have not done the research. Okay, I've Great. just listened to it a couple of times. It puts me in a good mood. Um, it's a little, it has a little bit of uh what is that called? Ugh, dubstep? But don't let it turn, like, don't let me say, saying that turn you off. It's like a half of a sprinkle. Okay. Like a bass without the nectar? Ooh. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) You, you took me to a place. Okay, I was
0: pull up YouTube. Let's watch our bass nectar remix.
1: (laughs) No, I was, I was back in two thousand and twelve.
0: Um, well, I'm going to be dead honest. Really, the only music that I've listened to, which I like, truly can't believe I'm about to say this, is I was listening to Old Reliant K this week. And I don't know why. What? I don't know why. Two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Mm-hmm. I was just really in some like fifth grade Christian feels. Um, what? What? i don't know i don't know what it was i didn't listen to any new music i like really didn't listen to music this week like the storm just kind of like took oh it out God, of me yeah. or like i didn't have service to be able to listen to music i just like i listened to some podcasts related to school but music just wasn't there for it, except for one <laughs> night spencer was making some annie's mac and cheese downstairs because the only thing that we had was a gas burner oh and um i was upstairs listening and we're like hey i didn't have to tell you but i did what have you been watching <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right um so there's this show this card this adult cartoon show on hbo max called close enough okay and it's from the same oh, it's the regular show as- yeah regular show yeah which i didn't know i just clicked on it and was like i thought it was rick and morty at first like same mm-hmm. creator as that cartoon i don't know these people's names just these random white men um yeah. <clears throat> anyways i started watching it it's really cute and it's actually really funny and it's what i I like always wanted regular show to kind of be yeah like a little bit more grown up and not so like... They can say the F word. Yeah. 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 And they can talk about sex and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyways, it's like this couple that lives with a divorced couple and they have a kid um, who's like five, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they're... Just like random misadventures that they all go on in the same sort of absurdity as regular show if you watch that Like it mm-hmm. starts off just like a normal thing And then somewhere along the lines everything just goes left and gets really bizarre okay. And then somehow everything ends up normal again
0: Over the winter like um, Christmas break I watched probably like three or four of those mm. In like the middle of the day one time when I was seeing my brother um, mm mm-hmm. I liked it. I haven't clicked back to it, but I think I just forgot about it. I might check it out again and see what other episodes have come it's with. It's
1: short. Like, <clears throat> it follows that same format as regular show where there's like two episodes in one. Okay. So yeah. it's like maybe 11 or 12 minutes of an episode. And yeah. then you get like 11 or 12 minutes of a second episode within one, what, 20 minute time block however that math adds up
0: yeah i did the same thing um i finally got around to watching steven universe future oh yeah um i just i'd seen everything up until that point and then finally got around to it um it was very cute i like i didn't expect to like it that much i don't know there's like i love 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 steven universe and then there's times where an episode will just like make me feel like oh, this is for children and like really (laughs) emotionally stunted like they thems you know and I just like sometimes I'm just like I just need like a separated thing from this it's like a little Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. it's a little too saccharine sometimes and then other times I'm like this is exactly what I need my spirit is hurting I need like this type of like warm
1: blanket comfort do we need like T V M A Steven Universe too much I don't think I'd like that (laughs) um they're doing a Velma oh my god they are doing a Velma I'm excited about that
0: which have you ever seen that video of that woman I, it might even be a drag queen do you know what i'm talking about where she's no. like oh i can't find my glasses jinky but <laughs> i'm I'm playing, actually, right I'm playing this for you right now i'm playing this for you right
1: now does sound familiar inga we are now scooby
2: shaggy oh my god daphne frederick oh
0: my god mystery ink oh, where is everybody oh my god i'm just thinking is it is a man in a mask or is it actually aliens oh, oh, oh my god my glasses you know i can't see without my like glasses Oh, oh my god, where could
1: they be? Jinkies! Oh my god, where are they? Oh, they are. oh my god, oh, let's solve this mystery for once
0: and for all. Mystery Inc. Roxy! Oh, Daphne! Tang! <laughs> <laughs> say your reaction again for the camera? <laughs> i forgot to press record after i made johnny listen to that video
1: and daphne, daphne. <laughs> um
0: i just like the way she slaps her hips and you can't see without my
1: glasses it's,
0: J-K's. J-K's. it's so fucking funny honestly so the original stupid. scooby-doo movies were like so horny yeah they and were. like daphne and sarah michelle gellers or that is the same person but sarah michelle gellar <laughs> and what is what's her name uh who played velma yeah Oh, was it? Imagineine
1: Garofalo, but no,
0: <laughs> no, it's the girl <laughs> from Freaks and Geeks, Leah Carpenter or something. Oh, that girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Cipranini. Um, <laughs> Cipranini. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, did you see that movie? There's no eye in threesome on HBO
1: Max. Uh, I saw it pop up on my HBO Max. Yeah. but I didn't click into it. I think I read the description and thought, not right now.
0: Okay, that's fair. I, um, I think you might like it. Okay. So, what can I say that's not spoilery? Um, Is it about a threesome? It is about a threesome of sorts. It's essentially, it starts off as what is like, you know, a white couple being like, we're about to like break monogamy and like we're about Mm -hmm. to engage in non-monogamy and like document this. Cool. It's some director and his girlfriend, and it just all feels a little, like, self-involved. And then, like, obviously, things get complicated. And then there is, at the end, this sort of, like, transition from what you think is happening to kind of what is actually happening. Um, Okay. And I feel like that that transition is what makes it interesting. Is it a psychological thriller? No. It's fucked up. Mm. I think it's fucked up, but and what I think is fucked up about it is a couple things. One, I think it doesn't actually it markets itself as this sort of attempt at breaking monogamy standards and I think it sort of ends up back there like mm. it goes through this process and kind of like actually monogamy's for me or that's kind of like at least what I feel like the ending message is sort of and I feel like the ways that they were engaging in non-monogamy were not as like ethical as they were like claiming themselves to be engaging in um the type of communication and manipulation that was kind of done within this sort of rules that they've set for themselves being long distance it just like like there was one thing where like one of them is getting fucked by someone else and they're like videoing in or something like that and then the guy tries to talk to the man after that they're done, and the man's just like, "It'd be nice if you were like quiet." And then she, who's in this relationship, doesn't like stick up for him, and is like, "Okay, maybe we should just go." And it's like, if that happened to me, I would—I almost said uh, something crazy. Um, I would uh, <laughs> I, I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, and I just—I don't know. There's uh, there's things I like about the movie. I think that it is another practice of men with a camera mm-hmm. being so deeply self-involved and like there's attempts at sort of like I'm an asshole too but it all feels sort of like second um afterthought like he's like well if I don't make it seem like I'm an asshole too then people won't have empathy for me yeah that kind of thing I don't know there's things that I really mm. liked about it, it, it at, for an hour and 27 minutes I think anyone can do what is it but it's a comedy? there are funny things in it it's a documentary. I mean, it's like... it's. Oh, it's a
1: documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I missed yeah. that part.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. My okay.
1: bad. So no, it's no, like
0: my bad. It's a film, but it's also a documentary.
1: Okay, so documentary film.
0: Film, yes. Yeah. 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 There is no I in threesome. It's like white people fucking. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> Chewing, Chewing Gum is back on HBO after being taken off of Netflix. And I just... I think all of that happened before... Um, we got the podcast and I just wanted to throw out there. If you loved I May Destroy You or mm. n- only really know of Michaela Cole from recently and ch- Chewing Gum was taken off of Netflix mm-hmm. when that happened for you. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch Chewing Gum. It's fucking two amazing. It's two seasons. I just I watched like four episodes of it and I just forgot how fucking it's brilliant so it is. Fun. It takes. When it the sister me. finds her like fucked up on drugs and tries to exercise her. Comedy gold. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Comedy that was
1: good gold. Stuff. Um, yeah, I remember it took me maybe, like, an episode or two f- to, like, acclimate yeah. to, like, the to just that fucking British and yeah. the language, the slang, the inside jokes, yeah. just that world of Michaela Cole. But after, like, the first two episodes, it's like, all right, I've acclimated. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Oh, there's Blue. Blue agrees. Um, yeah, I feel like it,
0: um, the writing is spectacular. The acting from some folks is a little bit more green, but because they're saying really great jokes, it's sort of forgiven a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some of the characters, I feel like her best friend sometimes delivers lines in a very like high school production kind of way. But what she's saying is
1: very funny. Yeah. Um, um, I'm also watching, speaking of shows on Netflix that I didn't think were anymore, Bonding. Have you heard of that show? Have you watched it? Um, so, I haven't watched it just because I knew some sex workers that were annoyed with it.
0: But, mm. I mean, that doesn't... There's a lot of things to be annoyed about. So, I mean, what do you feel about
1: it? I think it's funny. I like it. Um, the episodes are a bit longer in the second season, which I kind of miss. Like, I sort of enjoyed how bite-sized the first season was. Okay. Um, like, they jump from, like, 20 minutes to an hour? or like, No, no, no. Like they jump from, like, 11 or 12 minutes to, like, 22. Oh, okay. So, it, like, doubles itself. But it's, like, now, like, a full like episode okay. if it was like on network television it'd be a full thirty minutes. Is it about one Dom <clears throat> multiple? Is it like a community? It's like one Dom who she is like doing this to pay for grad school, I right. think. Um her gay best friend needs a job. I forget for what reason he gets like fired or something from his job. Needs for a job. Being gay. Yeah, I think so. That. Put that wrist away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, you've watched. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um Anyways, ends up becoming, like, her assistant. Hijinks ensue. Second season sort of picks up with them having been banned, like, from the from the Dom world. So, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't revisit the first season, but the second season just sort of picks up and keeps going. You don't really, like, need to. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, a fun little watch. Doesn't seem like there's an issue with it on my end. It's just I entertaining. Mean, I,
0: I wasn't um, offering... The issue that I heard. I was just giving you a reason why I hadn't watched it. You know what I mean? I feel like it also came out that time when Netflix was like, here's like 92 shows. Yeah. It was like right at the boom of them having so much content, which I don't know. Netflix is going like... I feel like, yeah, HBO Max is better than... HBO Max is the one. I feel like Disney Plus and Amazon are my least favorite, or Hulu are like my least favorites. Amazon Uh, is like kind of in the middle, but the only reason, unfortunately, it goes up a little bit is because it's the only thing that's been able to give me sort of like new, new, like, yes, you have to pay for some of it, but like mm -hmm. some of those new movies for like four (laughs) bucks, like... I don't
1: I don't always mind that. Yeah. that like $30 rental. I have some issues with but... that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's like you need a family to come over and watch that with you so everybody can put in. Are you loving WandaVision? Yeah, cool. I really like WandaVision. Uh, I've seen like three episodes. But... It's everything that I was hoping it was going to be good. And then some so I'm and we're also it. getting like hour long final installments. Oh, are we? I
0: think the last like two or three episodes are going to be an hour long each.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, and that. Is this a limited thing? I feel like it's done after this, right? I think so. That's sad. But also, I get it. Yeah. But speaking of that, like Disney Plus, I feel like if there's like one thing I'm watching on that and then I'm not watching anything. Uh, Who's that square
0: headed anti-Semitic bitch that just got fired? Oh, From The Mandalorian.
1: Oh, okay. You said square headed and I was like, Spongebob? (laughs) No, she got a square head though. What's her name? She do. Uh, Carla. Carla something. Anna Anna Karenina, <laughs> Anna, Carla Anna Karenina. Anyway, which I read is like the best piece of literature like ever written. Anna Anna Karenina.
0: You okay? You want to go on like a? I just you I told like i Wikipedia classic Russian literature. His,
1: Leo Tolstoy yeah. wrote it. And he also wrote War and Peace, which is also regarded as a very fine piece of literature, but it's also really fucking long. Come on, Junior English. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I haven't read any of these books. No, why would you? Exactly. I know they take place in Russia. That's important. Yeah. During the French colonization. Okay. Because the French colonized. Did you like go on a date with someone where you pretended to read or like... No, I literally last night for some reason I was watching something and somebody mentioned War and Peace and I thought, I have a friend in college who read that book just for shits and giggles. Why would somebody do that? So then I just went and looked it They didn't.
0: They lied about it, but they used it as a talking piece to get conversations. That's what they did. Yeah, there we go. (sighs) Okay. No, some people love literature, and some people love classic literature for classic literature's sake. I, for one, can't fucking be bothered. But all I know is that i so uh, stupid.
1: I almost said Kira Sedgwick. It is not Kira. Miss Knightley. Kira Knightley. Come on. <laughs> played Anna Karenina in a film.
0: I was going to say, didn't? Wasn't there a recent adaptation that happened? Yeah,
1: with Kira Knightley, not Kira Sedgwick. I, but I, mean, I would watch the one with Kira Sedgwick.
0: She smells a period piece and goes running. She's like a <laughs> she's like a werewolf for a romantic she dress. Really is. Is that Victorian? Yeah. Is that
1: Victorian? <laughs> I better have me on the script. <laughs> um. Speaking of scrubs, I'm not as good at seg- ex segwaying yeah, as you. I are. don't know where this is God. going. God. Um, there's a script in the works for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the series, starring, oh, okay. uh, what's that guy's name? Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Waller Waller Bridge, who I always want to say the other way around. What's that one singer?
0: Bridge Waller-Phoebe? Phoebe, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers. They're not. They're not the same person? They're not. Nope. One tries
1: to smash guitars on SNL. <laughs> and one stars in series with Donald Glover. Right. Anyways, this is going to be interesting, I feel like, because... It could be great.
0: I, I don't know if I buy... I'm not going to buy that sexual chemistry
1: until I see it. No, The exactly. only
0: thing that's important about Mr. <clears throat> and Mrs. Smith is them, like, fucking in that house with them guns. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. like, really the only thing this that matters about like that movie? feels like it's going to be,
1: like, a straight-up
0: comedy. I mean, she... Fleabag is amazing. She did the first season of Killing Eve, which is sort of a lesbian Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Like, I... I can see it completely working. I just like, in terms of intellectual property, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is not like a good, it was good because of the scandal it caused. Yeah. And then it was like the scandal happened and then we got to watch them basically fuck after all the months of that tabloid shit. And then it finally came out and we were like, oh, I get it. I mean, yeah. I too would leave Jennifer. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do think that I would do anything for Angelina Jolie.
1: Yeah, I... Who was I with? There's a, There was a headline that was really rude to Angelina Jolie, and it was just like, why is she... We all hate her movies, but, like, she's too I don't. One. Yeah, I don't I think mean, I like many of them. I mean, the
0: first... I love the first Tomb Raider. Okay, like, like I yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> um, and it's not very good, but it came out when I was in middle school, and it, um... It did some things to me, and oh, but also it just that your sexual awakening to one later? of them for sure. Like wow. I definitely remember one of my first like m- masturbation things was to wow. uh, Miss Julie. Um, but also I watched that movie relatively recently, like within the last year, and I knew every word.
1: Does it hold up? Sort
0: of. I don't know. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I enjoyed
1: it. I think you're in too deep. There's that bullet movie too with like that wanted is good. That one I will co and that one's fine. Honestly, my it's favorite fun. part about
0: that, that movie is her.
1: Yeah. Um, what about Maleficent? She looks great. Okay. What about um, Girl Interrupted? Perfect. What about Gia? Is that her? Yeah. Okay. Love Gia. Not Gigi. That's Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. That's Gigi. Gigi. Yeah. What's Gigi?
0: Ain't nobody know, girl. Gigi good. <laughs> <laughs> Although you tell me what's Gigi. Oh, don't, no. don't know. <laughs>
1: Um, What else is happening? So apparently there's a lot of toxic work environments and racism going on all over Hollywood, which is nothing new. We shouldn't be surprised by any of these things. Let's start with um, Joss Whedon. Yeah. So I just like how this whole story is unfolding because it started with Ray Fisher, who was on, uh, who was who played Cyborg in the Justice League movie that Joss Whedon directed. Okay. Coming out and saying that like Joss Whedon. Like created a toxic work environment. Yeah, was like, just. I mean, also, Josh Whedon is one of those people who like keeps getting canceled and
0: yet never canceled. Yeah, this is the
1: I think the f- sort of I like mean, biggest gonna... reckoning. Yeah, but... well, it's just I find it dope that that happened, and then I think Ray Fisher took it up the like ladder to WB or whoever okay. owns all of that. Is Cyborg the
0: character that's the big one in Teen Titans?
1: Yes. Okay, I think that sentence makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he took it up the ladder, and WB was essentially like, "No, we stand by like Joss Whedon. What you're saying like isn't correct." Okay. And it's just like again to your point, it's like all right, like Joss Whedon got away with it again. Yeah. Um, and then I guess what is her name? Charisma, Charisma Carpenter. Carpenter. Um, came out backing Ray Fisher and saying like the same things, like yeah. that that he created a toxic work environment on the Buffy set well he basically like fired her for being
0: pregnant and using maternity leave and then also like shamed her body and like yeah. a bunch of terrible shit yeah
1: and then Sarah Michelle Gellar and Michelle Trachtenberg Michelle Trachtenberg which I have not seen her heard of her in forever you must have not watched Gossip Girl but that was how, that was like two decades ago
0: I watch Gossip Girl all the time ah uh, that's not true, but like it's sort of true. I feel like every two years I'm like, time to go back. <laughs> I, I
1: don't know what's up with my friends and gossip girl, but y'all, I cannot love wait it. for the reboot. I'm kind of excited for that. I think, I think that's going to be good that. as fuck. Yeah. it
0: could be terrible, but you know what? There's a lot of discourse recently because there's another um, HBO show about teens coming out um, with the kid from oh, okay. Pokemon movie.
1: <laughs> what
0: okay you know the black kid in detective pikachu
1: <laughs> okay and from the get down if you say
0: so yeah um and then um he is playing like a faggot teen or something like that and it's just oh. another and it, all, all these people were like i'm tired of teenage shows written by adults mm-hmm. and like all that that are like too moody teens don't act like teens some of these teens aren't teens playing teens and i'm just gonna say The I, for one, I think I'm always going to love that type of thing. Some people like their fantasy with romance or like elves or goblins or whatever. My fantasy is teenagers with drug problems that talk like adults. That is like, that is the type of fantasy that I buy. I don't like it though, when it's like CW version.
1: Or like ABC Family.
0: Which is is like, those are teenage shows made for teens or children. I feel like... Euphoria and the show that's supposed to come out, and even Skins a little bit, were like they Skins. were sort of they were for oh. teens, but they are also not. I will say Skins yeah. took itself a little bit less seriously than I think some of these other what about shows. Teen but... Wolf? no, no, <laughs> no. That's a, that's the thing. I, that is a teenage show made for teenagers. Riverdale is a show made for teenagers. Yeah. I'm talking about a show that's actually for like a you know early 20s demographic, but it's like quote about teens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think it's like I don't know. It's Undressed. not dressed.
1: Pardon? undressed on mtv oh i don't know that one (gasps) that's right because you probably weren't allowed to watch it probably not yeah i um i watched it it's it's it stays in my memory like it's a great great show it was on mtv it was about teens in college but usually like the freshman or like sophomore year and it was just fucking and there was a lot of there were a lot of like queer storylines which was nice
0: i want hbo to bring back real sex I'm old oh. enough now. I'm grown. Yeah, I, I, I don't can don't watch that, that and watch appreciate that. That were like of watch it. That or like taxi cab whack
1: off, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. All I used or why to not do? both? I mean, like I just or felt, like, <laughs> I just felt like it was like this one thing that brought in like a human connection to whatever the fuck sex was. I was yeah. very confused about that, but I don't
1: know. I feel like it'd be a really. I cool never thing. watched it for the content. I just watched it. No, you might see a t- to masturbate. Yeah, yeah. And there was, I think there was this one episode that had like green berets and they were run around naked, hot. And it was, and there were just dicks everywhere. And I remember being like, "Oh, this is we're just gonna record this."
0: There was this one HBO show. It could have been Showtime or something, but it was called like the Bunny House, the Bunny Ranch. Oh. And it was about this like brothel out in the middle of fucking Nevada or something like that. Always Nevada. And it was Nevada. like I don't, know, I don't know. And um, but it was essentially these like mistresses. It was like a documentary series about this. It was basically like um. What well, that e show about the Playboy bunnies? The three of them, Kendra and the football Is girl. Is it what?
1: Um, it's what the House Bunny was based off of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, sort of.
1: That's like a true story. The affairs.
0: I'm really trying to rack my brain. if that's a true story <laughs> or not? I'm like, I don't it's think I'm. Believe <laughs> you. <laughs>
1: I'm happy. I almost got you to believe it.
0: I mean, honestly, though, fuck Joss Whedon. I feel like um, I have certain attachments to Buffy. And I also feel like, though, if you are a real Buffy fan, you have to also know that it's a bad show. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like Buffy's great and wonderful. It also kind of sucks. I do really like Titan A.E., which is also Joss Whedon. And then there was another. Whoa, um, it is? Screenplay was written by him. I think other people did it. Oh, Oh. Um, But then uh, (laughs) Cabin in the Woods. I also really like Captain of the Woods. That's right. Everything else God though, I mean, it. I, it does not surprise me that a terrible, terrible person created Doctor Horrible sing-along blog. Like, it's not it's not for me. I mean, I know you like <laughs> the Avengers and all that stuff. I don't. I find like Josh Whedon to me is like the epitome of like a nerd having this like deep hang up about being quote nerdy and then getting into Hollywood power and just being an asshole. Which is like what I think most quote nerds are when they claim about like discrimination. It's like, you're just an asshole. Yeah. you sad. People don't want to listen to you talk about fucking. That honestly
1: sounds about Opperman. right. I didn't even think about it like that, but he's definitely that person.
0: I mean, also, it's like
1: easy to hate on someone who's doing terrible in the media, but
0: <laughs> fuck him. It's a man this time. So.
1: Yeah. So
0: I'm here for it. Oh my God. Mm. Post. Last week, we talked a little bit about the Britney Spears documentary. Yeah. Have
1: you seen it since? Yes. Any thoughts? Um, it was kind of hard to, like, watch it. And I thought you were talking me. about your dick. My dick was kind of hard yeah. while watching it. You're you are like Kevin Federline. Oh, my God. He was kind of hot at one <laughs> yeah, point. Now he's he not.
0: Um, Pete Wentz is this generation's Kevin Federline. What? You don't agree? I... <laughs> No, we can keep talking about it. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> I am just, just gonna let that simmer, and then you guys can get back to me. Went. I think I'm right. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, okay, yeah, um, yeah, it was a, it was kind of tough to get through, just because I'm like, yeah. we am not me personally because I wasn't old enough to consume any of this, but we, the media,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we tore Britney apart for no, no reason other than to watch her fall yeah. apart. I mean, that one
0: paparazzo who's like. I yeah, mean, she, she didn't never... tell us to leave us uh, leave her alone, and they were like, "I'm pretty sure." Here's this clip of her saying, "Leave her, leave me yeah. alone," and this clip, and then this time, but and she's like, "Well, she would say like, like during that day, but not like all the time." Not like all the time, which is just like peak men, not women listening to women. Yeah. Um. Oh my God, I found this disgusting clip of David Letterman. Interviewing Lindsay Lohan and it's like the same fucking bullshit. Listen listen to this. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I had this one Now uh, aren't you supposed to aren't you supposed to be in rehab now? Are do you not you? watch anything that goes on Are I do tabloid now now, now here's what
2: second I, I was under the May 2nd Yes, but how long will you be in rehab uh, three months. How many times have you been in rehab
1: several? Do, do you have addiction problems? now you sound like Dr. Phil.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> is is it uh, like alcohol? Do you drink too much?
1: We've discussed this in the past. Who did we really? When did we discuss? Well, because it? We so we I'm have... the one who's having the blackouts. <laughs> what, what is that like?
2: <laughs> you can't make a joke of it.
1: I just want to. I just. mean. So I, 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 I don't. I'm not joking. No, you're
2: not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, Stop.
0: Yeah, oh, she's tearing up a little bit. God bless you. I love you too. I mean. think what you will about this person i just it resurfaced in the uh sort of realm of media of like britney is one example Mm -hmm. it is probably the very easiest to pull heartstrings about because of what's currently going on with her but we lost i think a lot of women Um, amanda Bynes, like the way that uh and you know i'm not infallible to this when i was in high school i had a perez hilton tab on my mozilla firefox browser you mm-hmm. know i would check that shit um i find that person to be completely disgusting oh my god also azalea bank called him another a faggot again which like you know he's right she's right
1: yeah not wrong. <laughs> she's still right she's um, not wrong yeah she's wrong about a lot of things but not about perez hilton <laughs> being a faggot <laughs> that she is 100 correct on um Yeah, we also almost lost Taylor Swift to that kind of interviewing. Hey, we're just...
0: I'm not going to add
1: to it. If if we're talking about how bad it is, I'm not going to add to the
0: problem. I'm just going to be quiet. (laughs) Mama said, you know, I got nothing nice to say. Yeah. okay. Um, (laughs) What is this Bachelor thing?
1: Okay, so I... Do not watch The Bachelor, but I'm always living for just, like, how terrible that show is behind the scenes and just watching it all come to light. So I I knew this, like, the back of my hand on Saturday because I was telling it to Carlos as it was occurring. But last week at some point there was an interview. Okay, let's back up. Actually, this season, do you know anything about The Bachelor season? Nope. Okay. The Bachelor season, for the first time ever, is a black man. Okay. In, like, 20 years or however long the show's been on. Long enough for it okay. to be, like, what? Anyways. I remember
0: the casting. I didn't know that, that we're there now. We're there now.
1: Okay. And one of the contestants is this white girl. Okay. Who, I think in, like, 2018 or 17, not that long ago, went to, like, an antebellum-themed, like, fraternity party. Okay. Which is problematic because antebellum. So... Janelle Monae. And was Janelle Monae, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, she didn't oh deserve that. God, I want to watch it, though. Oh,
0: I I thought we didn't because you lo- watched it, and we just both heard terrible things. No, said, we just no. heard bad enough things. Anyway, talk- Janelle Monae anyway, so didn't she do anything to, this party to deserve it. And
1: people yeah. were like, yo, girl, you need to say something about this. And she's like, no. And this is all me, just my interpretation of events. So might, I might be incorrect. But she's like, no. Like, I'm not going to say anything. So... Rachel Lindsay was the first black, like, bachelorette, right? So she's been, like, this face of diversity for the Bachelor series up until, like, now, right? And she's always been sort of, like... Yeah, I was on this show, but, like, it's kind of fucked up. But, like, I won't say anything about it because it's my paycheck, right? Like, you can just read between the lines and tell that she, like, does not fuck with the Bachelor franchise. Sure. So her and the host, Chris Harrison, who's also a producer, he's, like, like the face of The Bachelor, essentially. Mm -hmm. We're sitting down for an interview last week, and essentially she was asking him, like, why hasn't this girl said anything about this? Like, it's not okay. Like she needs to say something about it. And he's just like this poor girl, you're tearing her life apart because she went to some party that was cool back then. Everybody went to these parties. I don't understand what the big deal is here. Like you guys are taking it too far and like making it about something that it's not and X, Y, Z, which was just like bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and has recently like stepped down from being the host of the show. He's literally been the only host of the show since like episode 1. So like he stepped down, is like stepping away from The Bachelor. Oh, really? Yeah, Rachel Lindsay essentially essentially came out now and it's just like I don't fuck with this franchise and as soon as my contract is over like I'm disassociating myself with it. So, if you like The Bachelor, just know that you are absolutely supporting, like, a racist, toxic institution. <laughs> I I
0: have never... Dating shows are not... I watch a lot of terrible TV, but dating shows are not that. Yeah. Um. I feel like the closest I got was, like, those Netflix, like, Married at First Sight, and, like, that one where they were, like, dating... The blind dating mm-hmm. one, where then, like, they mm-hmm. were, like, in the cubes talking to each other or whatever. Oh, the... With that one girl or who something. was, like, old, but she kept t- saying that she wasn't old and then, like, mm-hmm. was with the that lesbian. Is she a lesbian? Wait. No, 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 we're no. We're talking about two different shows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this is the one where... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I sort of get that. But, like, outside of VH1 dating shows, The Bachelor was just never... I don't get it. It's also like The Real Housewives. I can't... I don't understand how anyone watches these shows with the 12 minutes of content... Spanned over 45 minutes. Yeah. It
1: hurts my brain. That's why I had to give up on it. I used to watch The Bachelor right before we left. Here's what happened
0: and here's what happened again. And do you remember when that just happened? And anyway, here's a commercial.
1: And then coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can't fucking stand it.
1: No, it's a lot. You end up wasting a good chunk of your life. But. um, I mean, if
0: The Bachelor goes away, if that whole thing finally. It's not going to go away. They're
1: going to just find like a black host to take over. They're going to get like Jamie Foxx to host it. And then like.
0: Do you know who would do it and still let it be racist?
1: Terry Crews. Karamo Brown. Oh, whoa. And here's the thing. And he would be, quote, great at it. And here's the thing. I could absolutely see that. Yeah, of course, Brown of course you can. Of course you can. And I would be... Because it ticks multiple boxes. It does. It does. Yeah.
0: does. <sighs> um, Bing, bang, bong. <laughs> Sing, sang, song. Ding, ding, dong. Here's a break. Dig, 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 dig. Let's take a break. All righty. We are back for the the Bing, Bang, Bong. Let's mm. talk about some cognitive distortions.
1: Okay. That is that's a lot of words. Well, it's two words, but it sounds like a lot.
0: So many syllables. Um so cognitive distortions comes from CBT, cognitive behavioral behavioral, Jesus Christ, behavioral therapy. Um and cognitive distortions are essentially these automatic thoughts mm-hmm. that become habit that impact our behavior. Yeah. So if we have a certain line of thinking that we've brought into essentially our sense of morality, our sense of who we are, it can become really, really hard to become unfused from those thoughts, which um, act or acceptance and commitment therapy talks about cognitive fusion and cognitive diffusion and the idea that like, when we have these cognitions, which are literally just thoughts, which we've talked before about, we don't have to trust, they just are, mm-hmm. um, or that our thoughts are not necessarily truths. But when we fuse with these thoughts, we think instead of, you know, I didn't uh, turn in my homework on time, I'm a lazy, unorganized fuck, everything that I do touches to blah, blah, blah. And it's that, like, Mm -hmm, sort mm -hmm. of tumbleweed of thought. Um, When you hear cognitive distortions, what do you think about?
1: Uh, My mind immediately goes to should statements. Okay, that's a great example. Right, so literally echo the exact same things that you said uh and i see that most prevalent and in it manifesting itself with sort of like not necessarily a perfectionism but just like i should do this right i should not do that which ties in with that sort of morality piece or yeah morality not mortality morality piece that you mentioned earlier the shoulds are sort of painting you as A good person or a bad person Mm -hmm. and if you do one or the other then you're this or that which also points to black and white thinking right instead of well we'll get into thinking like shades of gray but yeah black and white thinking which is this or that like it has to be this or it has to be that it can't Mm -hmm. be both it can't be anything in between yeah those should statements essentially
0: are ways that we're setting ourselves up for some sort of unrealistic standard that can totally manifest as perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It can be a way to bully ourselves if we don't do something that we, quote, think that we should do. Or it can be a way that we, like, talk negatively about ourselves and hold anxiety around, like, our capacity. Like, I should be able to do this, this, and this through this week, but I'm really only able to touch on one of these things. It's just this, like, offering to ourselves of a lack of compassion. It also, I think... Mm -hmm cognitive distortions essentially like one of the ways that you can kind of work against them is by identifying this kind of like double standard method and it's like if you have friends that you hear say these things you wouldn't let a friend talk to themselves like that or you wouldn't let someone talk to your friend like that why do you have this double standard of allowing yourself to talk to you that way mm-hmm. um and we're gonna kind of go through just pick and choose from a bunch <laughs> of um examples of uh these l- larger labels of cognitive distortions um the black and white thinking is a great one um
1: dichotomous that's the word,
0: yeah, um I think a great way to think about that is there's uh one way to combat that is what you were saying I- adopting this potential gray way of thinking. I like to say instead of either or it's that and like this is true and mm-hmm. this is true mm-hmm. as opposed to um. Only seeing these two possible outcomes, one is good and one is wrong. Um, Another thing is, another cognitive distortion is personalization. So this type of thinking means that whenever something happens, it means that the person thinking about it did something to cause it. Um, so your friend cancels on you because they're busy with work, and mm-hmm. you personalize it and make it about something that you said when you were drunk two weeks ago. Yeah. That must be the reason why they are not, yeah, yeah, um, wanting to hang out with me. That type of personalization, um,
1: it's you know, the it's world taking does- on blame that the world is not offering you exactly. And it's helpful to just remember. I know it sounds cliche, but the world does not revolve around you. <laughs> and yeah. we say that in the sense of. Nine times out of ten you're the only one thinking about that terrible thing and yeah. you've even you've even expressed that yourself like on the podcast that you know there was a time when or there have been times that you thought something happened and it was Related to something that happened a long time ago. Right. And had nothing to do with that at all. Nothing. Um, And something with the should statements too, I think
0: we focused a little bit around like personally, but it also gets us fucked up with what you think other people should do. And it allows you to like sort of create this morality on the people around you that they may not be subscribing to. Exactly. You know, like they don't think they don't have that same guilt or shame applied to them. So they're not going to live through the world as if they should or should not do or hold themselves to these standards that don't work for you. Why would it work for them? Um, And we, and the reason it's a cognitive distortion is because logically, realistically, we cannot control others' behaviors. Right.
1: Mm. Um, Another one is called catastrophizing. Oh yeah. So this is, I think a big one. I was going to say, I know catastrophizing very intimately and personally. I feel like introduce (laughs) us to her. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really blowing something up like <clears throat> some small inconvenience or some small occurrence that happens, making it a lot bigger and attributing sort of worse, uh, even worse like outcomes to it. So, for instance, what happened to me when I was in grad school would be like, OK, I didn't do great on this exam. Oh, my God. I suck at this course. Oh, my God. There's no way I'm going to be able to like pull this off as a career. Why don't I just drop out now? Yeah. Like this is terrible. All because of like a C on like a test yeah. um. so it's just like taking those smaller things I still do it to this day I think like mm-hmm. when it comes to work it's like oh my god I didn't get this thing done today everybody's gonna hate me everybody's gonna be mad that this didn't happen oh my god what if I lose my job X, Y, Z and right. then it has to be a lot of con- on my part I have to calm myself mm, calm myself down with those words of compassion that you said Um, and catastrophizing is also really 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 close to magnifying which right. is Magnifying is sort of like a smaller version of catastrophizing. So you're still taking something and sort of magnifying it. Um, blowing it out of proportion, blowing it out out of proportion. Will. Um But it's not to the same extent of like, um, you know,
0: hyper focusing on something like, I can't believe you said this and making it a much bigger deal. Whereas like catastrophizing is jumping from a bad grade to failing a course to my parents will never love me to I'll never get a job and I'll die homeless. Yeah. Like that's the type of thing that can happen with right. catastrophizing. Right. maximizing or magnifying is sort of more of like zooming in on one thing and just being unable to think about anything Anything else else. yeah 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 and then the opposite of that is sort of this minimizing which is like something that I am, I think people who are perfectionist, uh, both in the should category as well as the minimizing category, mm. which I know I feel this way a lot of times, which is like something cool happens. And when someone asks you about it or you tell someone about it, you completely downplay it. Yeah. So like you got a raise, but like, you know, someone else got a raise that was much bigger than me or like, yeah, I got a raise, but, um, I still suck at my job. So like, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Um, and obviously these are like sort of capitalist examples, but um, which I think I want to say the more that I was reading through these lists of uh, cognitive distortions, a lot of these things I'm like, so much of this comes from just like unnecessary pressure that it takes to quote, like be productive in America. And like, yeah. I know that these are obviously um, are not like people experiencing cognitive distortions. Aren't like, um, uh, centralized to you know the north american border or whatever but i'm just naming like when i think about this sort of western society output that people are supposed to offer like i don't know i mean i cuz i'm thinking about some of these things of like people never using their pto because of these cognitive distortions that they have mm-hmm. around like mm-hmm. if they use it they'll be seen as lazy and then like yeah there's all this like connected stuff that comes with it as opposed to like that's a job benefit for your mental health, use it <laughs> like it's it. there for you to use. If you're questioning on whether or not you should use your PTO right now, stop it. Use it. Use it. It's fair for you to use. <laughs> um, what's another one that's speaking
1: to you? Oh, my God. There's so many here. I'm just like going through a list. Um, blaming, which is blaming. It's the opposite of personalization. Personal personalization There yeah you go. so every single thing bad thing that happens
0: in my life or around me is absolutely else's. someone else's fault yeah i'm and not a, to blame for any of this and a lot of these come out of uh cbt counselors specifically working in addictions mm-hmm. so another one kind of related to black and white thinking is like all or nothing thinking like i'm either an addict or i can only have 92 beers versus like Or zero. Like, that's, like, the complete scale of what that is. Um, Which, I mean, may be true for some addicts. But I think that it's that kind of, like, um, I either am this completely or I am not this. There's Mm -hmm. no way that I can sort of exist in this, like, middle realm at all.
1: Yeah. Um, You've also got heaven's reward fallacy, which is essentially saying, like, if I do these good things, if I, like, am this kind of person, good things will happen to me. Right. And that is what I'm going to base my, like, every behavior off of. These are all things that we do, like, every
0: day. And that's, day the, and day and that's the thing about a lot of these things. Um, the cognitive distortions especially, they show up all the time. A lot of them are just, um, in some ways, kind of like uh, colloquial kind of phrases that we put upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about cognitive distortions specifically, we're thinking about the ways in which these thoughts lead us to negative behaviors that continuously reinforce our addictions, our anxieties, our depression. And so what CBT is offering is that if we interrupt some of that thought, if we take some time to separate ourselves from these things that happen automatically, automatic negative thoughts or ANTs are tied to these cognitive distortions and they just happen so quickly, that, like, we don't even know we're being influenced by them. We mm-hmm. don't even know that we're jumping to black and white thinking. Or we're jumping to one that I think comes up for me a lot of time is, like, mind reading and fortune telling. I feel like I feel like that's a lot of, like, um, when I hear about the, the sort of, like, um, the internet usage of the word empath. Of, like, I'm just, like, I'm so in tune to, like, what other people are feeling. I'm, like, such an empath. When really what it is is this cognitive distortion of, like, putting your own shit on other people. Mm. And it's, like, or... You know, also in the sort of characteristic traits of empath can also come from like an abusive background where you have to be hyper aware of everyone around you, or you get hurt. But um mind reading and fortune telling is sort of like you think that you can predict the future, like you know for sure that an outcome is going to happen if you do X, Y, or Z. When the reality, the evidence of the situation, may not lean toward that at all. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say I had like an epiphany about cognitive distortions, keeping people in the closet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. And and especially folks who we do not allow the space to sort of come out and explore. They have to come out and name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or, or this idea that you like, uh, because we've had to do so much fighting to being seen, I definitely understand why this idea of sort of like sexuality as a phase is like not something that we want to, fully promote and get everyone on board with. But at the same time, like, I think some people experience the spectrum in phases. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that that's okay. And that sort of black and white, all or nothing thinking keeps more straight people from exploring because it's like, I'm either gay or not gay, as opposed to like, some thing on this bisexual spectrum that like, you know, is like, so fearful to engage with.
1: There's something very you mentioned earlier having to become aware of these sort of cognitive distortions, Mm -hmm. which can be really difficult to do because we as human beings have these building blocks called schemas that we sort of use to analyze and understand the world. Right. And those schemas at some point build up enough other building blocks that they create this sort of understanding of the world and create your sort of reality. So what we're hoping to do with CBT therapy that's kind of redundant to say that with cbt um to your point is to interrupt those cognitive distortions to create a better reality for you that's a little bit more healthy and a little less toxic i just summed up everything that you said i love it okay i just want to sound as smart as you you always sound as smart as me (laughs) um
0: yeah i think another thing type to minimization is like, uh, discounting the positive. Um, there's also these two fallacies, fallacy of change and fallacy of fairness. So this fallacy of change assumes that, um, people must change. We have to constantly change our behaviors in order for us to be happy. And then this sort of fallacy of fairness assumes that, um, the world is measured based on fairness and equality when like, wake up, obviously not true. You know what I mean? I feel like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the fallacy of fairness is actually like part of this cognitive distortion that sort of fuels the sort of schema of white supremacy. Mm. Like this fallacy that there already are things in place that make things equal. Mm-hmm. That is a distorted view of what is going on in this world to keep people from having any sort of reflection on what they do and do not have control over. Um, or like the sort of like a spirit of meritocracy, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I, we are going to have – um was oh, a crazy mouth word. Um, <laughs> we're going to have uh, a bunch of these links so you can kind of flip through and look at some of these cognitive distortions for yourself, which ones you're identifying when you, we are sort of touching on them or brushing on them. You're like, oh, shit, maybe that's what I'm doing. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what this process of cognitive reframing can kind of be. Okay. Um, we sort of named this first one, which is like learning about, knowing – what cognitive distortions even are. And then I think moving from the noticing to starting to evaluate the evidence. So let's move from today, or with your therapist recently, you've sort of identified this kind of automatic thought that happens in your life a lot that has led you down roads or choices Mm -hmm. that you're Mm -hmm. not feeling great about. Let's then, instead of trying to jump from eliminating that a negative thought from our mind, like to healing. Like, oh, I noticed it. Now I've got to stop thinking that. If you constantly are just like, stop thinking that, you're going to start giving yourself a nugget of another cognitive distortion around that should thing of like, I should be able to know that this is a cognitive distortion. I should be able to like, oh my you God. know what I mean? It just creates another pathology yeah, to yeah, dip yeah. into. But I think something is just noticing, giving yourself some mindfulness, some space from some of these thoughts, and then being able to start to evaluate some evidence. So if you're someone who is a minimizer who constantly downplays every single good thing that they've ever done, start to take in some evidence of like when you might have done something that you're kind of proud of, or comparing that to times that you've actually failed. Are those the same things? Mm. Are there people around you who are saying any of the negative things that you're saying about yourself? Are you really that perceptive of a person or are you just mean to you? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Will are you, you really- get out of my
1: head? Well, I'll <laughs> stop talking to you, I'm sorry. Um... <laughs>
0: But I think some of that evaluation, that can be some really great work with a therapist, but that can also be there's lots of really awesome like free CBT resources. Like the benefit of CBT kind of being the baseline for a lot of like these modern kind of like movements is that there's a lot of tools and resources online. And because so much of CBT therapy is kind of like what happens in the room is sort of important, but really it's what you do outside. Mm-hmm. It's like that homework piece that you do, that journaling that you do, that noticing of evidence, that noticing of your behaviors. Um, I mean, a lot of what we're doing with these obsessive compulsive clients that I have is spending the first couple weeks just getting them to recognize especially that sort of a mind reading thing of like what their behavior will result in. Um, Obviously there's some like obsessions and some really deep cognitive stuff that's there that feels a little bit different than maybe some of the examples that we're talking about. Mm. But it starts by just kind of keeping a list of when you notice these things showing up. Um, If you notice yourself saying should a lot, just like taking a moment and just being like, I've told myself I should do this like five times I'm going to sit and start to notice that and spend some time with it and then move towards this evidence thing. Once we kind of get, which we can do with pros and cons list, we can do with sort of a cost benefit analysis. Um, But after we get all that, it's literally engaging in the practice of compassion, specifically self-compassion. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but what are some ways that you understand self-compassion or practicing compassion?
1: Um... uh... I feel like, I don't know, I used to tell myself to shut up when I was thinking a certain way, and now mm-hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> Instead, I just encourage myself to try a different way of thinking. So it's been a reframing around the actual words that I'm telling myself internally. Totally.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it can kind of be offering yourself the exact, like I said that, I'm going to offer myself the exact opposite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Or it can kind of just be this like, if you're going down this rabbit hole just being like taking a breath and just being like oh, "I'm smart I'm capable, I've handled shit before, I can handle shit again, and it's just this like mm, what am I trying to say? These things are not magic wands, right like mm-hmm. these um, affirmations these like these practices are really just ways of giving more data to our brain because if our especially if we've developed this pathology and have been operating under this certain type of perfectionism or whatever for so long or sell, or blaming of others, you know, like we're talking about things that... I don't think I really have that blaming others thing. I feel like I definitely have the personalization thing. But if you're mm-hmm. someone who like every single fucking problem is someone else's fault, maybe take in some evidence and some of that com- compassion that you can offer yourself is not the thing of like, you know, subverting any type of accountability, but instead like... I messed up and I'm still worthy of love. I messed up and I'm able to make changes. Like, that's it's kind of giving ourselves a kind of and to the either or to consider as we make our decisions going forward. And if we offer ourselves some of this continued compassion, maybe that automatic thought won't be so automatic because we've told ourselves a lot of other stuff since we started noticing. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's Yes, because I feel like we can think about these in like short term and long term goals. So our short term goals is sort of focusing on these sort of what you were saying, these daily balanced thoughts, like Mm -hmm. let's sort of daily balance it out where our long term goals with cognitive reframing are making actual more balanced thoughts. Part of that schema, part of our worldview, not just for ourselves, but also on and for others. Yeah, yeah yeah you killed that another one that is I think really good is the semantic method, which is like a, another way of reframing, especially if you're a shooter. It's one way one thing to be like it would be nice if so it allows it instead of like ah oh, they should have done this or I should have done this or I could have done this or I could have done, or, could have done that just being like, ah, oh, it would have been nice if I could have. Or it would have been nice if I would have been able to write this paper in a day. Instead, it'll be two, as opposed to like this going to bed with this thought in my head of like oh, I could have done that in tw- two hours. Instead, it took me four. It's like thinking about things and like oh, that would have been nice. Like it, and it puts it in this more like theoretical, hypothetical mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. that you're allowed to take a little bit of space from and just kind of like practice some hopefulness or like recognize even what how you want to set goals in the future. But that self-bullying, that should've, could've, would've shit, it just, like, it doesn't... It's not actually the motivator that people think it is. Right. Like, it's just not. It's often such a hindrance that the little bit of momentum we gain from it tricks us into thinking that it's this motivator when really, like, when you start to undo some of that work and you're like, whoa, I can do so much more when I'm not bullying myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just causes more anxiety. Yes, because it, it creates that preventative thing of, like, I don't want to mess up, so I don't even want to try anything. Right. Are there any cognitive distortions that you feel, like, used to rule your life a lot that you have a little bit more space with? Used to. I I was going to ask you what you thought about yesterday or whatever. I'm talking about, like, things maybe (laughs) that you have some, like, space from.
1: Mm, I mean, kind of. I guess like, black or white thinking and should statements. Those things are still very prevalent in my life, but Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, them sort of ruling my thinking all the time, same thing with catastrophizing. Uh, I've definitely pulled away from that. Still happens. It's just one of those things that I have to be very aware of when it's happening and be and tell myself like this is happening right now, mm-hmm. and it's fine um and just keep pushing forward. <laughs> gotta keep it pushing yeah, gotta keep it pushing. But yeah, I mean, I feel like all these things are things that are a constant battle for everybody. Um, so, I don't know. Let us know which ones you're still struggling with. Like Maddie said, we're going to put a list up on the resources doc so you can take a look yourselves yeah. um, and sort of see the things that you might be doing in your everyday life
0: yeah. as well. And I think it is important to know that I, while I do find some of this work, which really noticing and starting to undo these cognitions are it takes work and something that we're not talking about this episode that we might talk about in a future episode is that how these distortions tie into what beck calls these core beliefs related to like helplessness on being unlovable worthlessness that's another tackling (laughs) that i don't want to get into today that i think relates to schema or schema therapy models um but i i wanted to name that like um some of this work is easier to do with a therapist. That's like it oh just Oh my god, is. absolutely. But it is not work you have to do you have to do with a therapist. So that's why I'm naming that this list is available as well as these couple articles that I have up on like things that you can do to create more space and other, and to name a couple of them here. One thing is like definitions, like what is your definition of inferior, loser, fool, abnormal? What specifically do you mean when you say those words and then if you're using them for yourself do those definitions and the words you use for yourself actually match up
2: Hmm.
0: and are you offering yourself words that maybe we should like get rid of in our english language to begin with that just are not helpful because they don't really mean anything um but another thing is reattribution which i think actually feeds into a lot when we were kind of talking about capitalism a little bit but this idea that there's a lot of external factors and systems that influence how people behave and so it, it isn't even when we're moving from this personalization or blaming narrative that sort of exists on this dichotomy really it's not about like who to blame myself or other people it's like recognizing i exist in a society like we live in a society you know what i mean <laughs> um but like i exist in this space that influences me whether i have a choice or not and maybe that space also influences my friend who did something that i wish they wouldn't have done But we also both live in this thing that we're sort of being controlled and under. Um, But I just think it's like, I think it aids to the compassion piece. I think it lends us to a little bit more of a nuanced understanding of what it means to be alive. Like if we all had a perfect brain with a perfect heart and like perfect morality and perfect notions to what it means to be good on this planet, all of these things, if all of that were true, sure, some of this would be so much like easier to thwart, but that's just like, not the case. (laughs) It's just not the case. So if you find yourself being ruled by some of these things, that doesn't mean like you're somehow like susceptible or weak to sort of like wrong thinking. It's more of just like, here are names for things that impact like you're saying a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Let's do some work individually to collectively push these notions out of our heads collectively. That's always my goal. It's like, let's start individually. But really, being an individual and doing this work only goes so far. <sighs> do you want to take a break? Yeah. Do you want to take a break? <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. We're almost ready to come back again. Is it knackered or cackered? D- definitely knackered. <laughs> um, are you ready to take some meds and do some homework and then leave? i need some get out of my get out of my home um i can't leave
0: without my meds
1: (laughs) here (sighs) um what are you you taking
0: this week um my meds for this week oh well one was getting to see baby kiana and Ezra. that was like such a cute little couch moment um in the snow uh it was just really nice to a couch moment in the snow Comma and uh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other thing I for Valentine's, um, Spencer, I don't know if it bought me really like bought us a bunch of makeup stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's gonna be fun to just kind of like play with makeup more. I like, I'm like, I was starting to do watercolors a little bit. I feel like there's something I want to start doing something more with my hands that feels. The colored pencils, like it just hasn't stuck yet. I'm wondering if I have more like things to play with that it'll engage with it more. I'm like bad at makeup, <laughs> like it's not like I'm. I I think that there's a couple things that I have like visually I get, but then there's other things that just like I've never really been able to make it mm-hmm. work. And so I'm wondering if I just like spend time, and it's not for anyone, it's like just for me and my house yeah. doing it. Um,
1: I had that thought. I have that thought every time I go in like any store that has makeup. I'm like, maybe I'll just get something so that I have it, so that I can one day just open up YouTube tutorials and just sit in my bathroom and have fun. Okay. Well, instead, I have just bought a bunch of makeup that is sitting in my bathroom. Okay. I love
0: this. <laughs> one day we're going to have um, either while we're watching TV or it can be an Instagram live or something. We'll do um, we'll do Each makeup looks together. Makeup? Oh, okay. No, I don't. No, because you don't want that. <laughs> we, but if we're both bad, we can, like, be bad together. It'll be fun. Um, okay. But the one like palette clouds. that did come in is from this indigenous brand. They have this gorgeous, like, 30 um, palette. What are those individual things called? Palettes. No, that's the whole thing. Hues. Shades. Sure. Uh, of like, uh, it's called Prados Beauty P-R-A-D-O-S they also have like brushes and stuff but indigenous brand indigenous makeup with this gorgeous palette it's like mattes and a couple shimmers and stuff it's really buildable really awesome I think I just saw it on Trixie's buildable um, like
1: you know like, like Minecraft yes just face. like Minecraft what meds <laughs> are you taking <laughs> um, uh, Regina King on SNL I like watching SNL. I'm not ashamed of that. That's fine. And um, I look forward to seeing any black woman do anything on there. And she hosted SNL this past weekend. Yeah. Um, And she had this line that was just like, if you are black, you probably grew up with me in all your favorite movies and like named a few. And I was like, yeah, 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 like Friday, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then she says, and if you're white, you probably know me from Watchmen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just thought the joke landed. It was great. It the way she just sort of set it up. And then she actually got like a pretty good laugh out of it because a lot of people don't know Regina King has been out here in these yeah. streets. She also since said she or from this monologue right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, It was great. It was good. So that just made me really happy because Regina King deserves her flowers now. I will say one
0: of my, I know it's like another one of those like white people know me from, but Mm -hmm. one of my favorite roles that she ever did was when she was in The Leftovers in that second season. Mm -hmm. It's
1: just awesome. We've really had a Regina King renaissance over the last couple of years. I mean, her publicist has been working. Okay. She also voiced um, Huey, or no, Riley. Hi, Riley and Huey I think from the Boondocks Oh I, I assume she's coming back for that then Are they rebooting it? Yeah they are rebooting it allegedly It's probably going to be on HBO Max Oh my god did you watch um, Cinderella? The one with Whitney Houston? Yeah like,
0: <laughs> it, it just got put on Disney Plus I mean, Yeah
1: I know it's there but I didn't realize that was like An event we were all tuning oh, in for It was the go to <laughs> event
0: for me uh, No I don't know why No go not
1: text me Yeah I'll watch it I'm not going to watch it by myself now I mean, it it's it is made for television. Oh yeah, I remember when that came on ABC that Sunday. Yeah,
0: it feels very came on ABC that Sunday. <laughs> a but it also is like the coolest like none of the it it, it is very nineties in that like race doesn't matter. Like yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like Whoopi and some white man make the Asian prince.
1: And yeah, that's like, how babies are made. That's how babies work. You get yeah. Whoopi Goldberg involved. That
0: stork is busy. Okay. Uh, what's our homework?
1: Um, okay, homework is that uh, list of distortions that we keep mentioning is going to go up on the Rex and Resources doc. Um, so I want everybody to go there, review the list of distortions, um, and just sort of explore which ones might be true for you, which ones might not, and for those that are true for you, um, just noodle on, think a little bit about some ways that you can reframe that cognition. Using some of the tips and tricks we just gave you. And also in the Rex and Resources stock. In yes. case you fast forwarded to the very end of this episode and decided to just get the homework. Yeah, everyone
0: said, fuck everything else. I need a job. <laughs> I need something to do. I don't care what they have to say. I want to... Some of y'all need to be thinking... No, let me stop. Someone tell me what I want to do. Um, Please tell me what I want to do. Can't find my glasses. I want pizza. Oh my God, I want pizza too. I might get pizza after this. Oh shit. Um... Yeah, be gentle to yourselves. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, you can follow us at QBT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Carlos, say hi. Hey. Carlos <laughs> is here. Thanks for being here. Um, I, I don't tell, know what you're doing you didn't here. Tell, <laughs> you
1: don't tell Blue to say hi. Blue. Blue. He's knocked out. He's out of here, and
0: so are we. Um, thank you to Ellie Kiltz and Kiana and Shanti Darling and Marquis for. All your work. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear
2: and shit. <laughs>